0: Good evening, everyone. Uh, we're going to continue tonight with our discussion of the 99th Anucheta of the Bhagavata Sundarbha of Srila Jiva Goswami. Lakshmi is the energy of the Lord. And this evening we're going to get into some uh, detailed explanation of uh, this concept and how it plays out. And for praman, for evidence in this section of the Bhagavata Sundarbha, this particular Anucheta, Srila Jiva Goswami uses primarily verses from the Srimad Bhagavatam. So we went over uh, preliminarily in the last class uh, this concept. And I'll just read from the beginning of the Anucheta there. Uh, The one absolute nature exists both as energy and as an energetic source. It has also been explained that when this absolute nature exists predominantly as energetic source, whose potentialities have been shown to be intrinsic to its essential nature, it takes the name Bhagavan. When the same nature exists predominantly as energy, it takes the name Lakshmi. To demonstrate this we will show some of her aspects which are unlimited because of her innumerable functions. Shri Suka says, and this is the first Brahman or evidence. Also in attendance were the Lord's personified potencies Shri Pusti Gir, Kanti Kirti, Tusti Ila, and Ujva. Uja. Vidya, avidya, maya, and shakti. Uh, This verse is from the 10th canto. And this is when Akrora is taking Krishna from uh, Vrindavan to Mathura uh, for a little sport. Uh, So Akrora stopped along the way to take his noontime bath and to chant his noontime ablations. And during his entry into the Yamuna, uh, he was given a vision, a spiritual vision. And he was able to see Krishna surrounded by all of his potencies and all of his energies and all of his <coughs> devotees being worshipped as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Now he knew that Krishna was on his chariot, so there's a little bit of a, a time where he was looking at this vision that we see he was having of Krishna in front of him in the water, and then he was looking back at the chariot, and there's Krishna and Balaram sitting on the chariot. So it was, uh, it was uh, quite... Uh, uh, mystical. Definitely mystical. That's the perfect word. Um, So we're going to go on to the next. um, We're just going to start reading this evening from uh, Jiva Goswami's um, Anucheda and just walk through everything that he's presenting, because it's as I said, it's uh, it's a lot of information regarding the Lord's energies and how we're to perceive them now as Gaudiya Vaishnavas, as with an intent to enter into, um, Lila, primarily when we think of Krishna's, uh, most prominent manifestation of Shakti, uh, we think of Srimati Radharani. However, Jiva's audience is not such that he's bringing out the specific, um, name of Radha in, in these texts. Rather, he's referring to the Lord's counterpart, his female counterpart as Lakshmi or Mahalakshmi. Um, and Mahalakshmi is associated with, uh, Narayan or Bhagavan. So for this discussion, you can of course understand it. Radha and Krishna also are the same. Well, we would consider them the original uh, personalities, and Lakshmi and Narayan would be uh, would be just simply uh, manifestations of the Supreme Lord in the Vaikuntha atmosphere. same personalities except Krishna and Radha have some special attributes that Lakshmi and Narayan and the intimacy uh, that Radha and Krishna uh, have in their loving exchanges is not on display in the Vaikuntha atmosphere in Vaikuntha. it's only to be found that intimacy of loving relationship between the Lord and his devotees where his devotees are Themselves, not knowledgeable of his godhood, so a different additional praman from the tenth canto. Princess uh, Jiva Goswami, Maya's service is considered external because of her taking the support of the Purusha, the plenary portion of Bhagavan while remaining at a distance from him. Srinarda has prayed to Sri Krishna to this effect in the in chapter thirty seventh of the 10th Canto. This takes off where we left off last week with Arjuna Siddhi's uh, question uh, regarding uh, well, why is Maya kept at a distance? She's also a servant of Krishna. Why would Krishna serve... You know, and I think as we go along in this Anucheta, uh, a more comprehensive response to her quarry will naturally manifest. So Jiva now quotes from the 10th canto, a statement made by Narada in the 37th chapter. "We We pray to you, O Lord, who are the condensed form of pure consciousness whose intentions are all automatically accomplished due to being perfectly situated in your own self, whose will is unfailingly fulfilled, and who, by your effulgence, the constantly flowing stream of the gunas of maya come to a halt. Narda continues, I bow down to you the controller, who are your own support, and who, through your own potency of maya, have brought into being the endless varieties conceived by you. For the sake of your own play, you have assumed this human form as the leader of the Yadu, Vrishni and Satvata clans. Now, This particular Anocheta's presentation by Jiva is, in my estimation, extremely scientific as to his presentation of the personality of Godhead. So he like takes the Lord and he looks at him in a very, from a very analytical, with a very analytical bent. This is the energy. This is that energy. This is the Lord's personality. This is the swarup So he's going to get into detailed explanations of all the different terminologies that we're used to in relationship to the Lord and his energies. And it's going to be presented in a very analytical uh, format. Remember, Krishna is still the Supreme Personality of Godhead as we go through this. It's not that he's just a bundle of energies. But he's he is a bundle of energies, as evident by all of his playful leelas in Vrindavan. But Jiva kind of unwraps those energies so that we can look at them individually. Um, And he starts... Uh, with this second, this is the second Praman verse. We went over the first and last class that we just read when we opened the class. Um, he goes, he starts here with this second, uh, verse from the second and third verse from the 10th canto, um, by giving his, uh, his tikka to this verse. He basically dissects the verse and presents it in his own words, as most commentators do, uh, adding additional knowledge for our understanding. So, Jiva begins his analysis. The meaning of these two verses is as follows. Pure consciousness, Visuddha Vijnan, is the supreme absolute reality. Its condensed form, Gana, is his divine body. The phrase, by being perfectly situated in your own self, means by your essential form, or through your essential energies. Your intentions are all automatically accomplished. In other words, it seems as though they have been completely attained in you for all objectives such as wealth and so on already exist within you in their fullness eternally therefore you have no desire for deeds like the creation of the cosmos which are worthless moga to you due to being exceedingly insignificant now as we know sanskrit verses can be looked at from different angles of vision by different acharyas. So there's a footnote to this particular explanation here. And uh, what Sachin Narayan Das Babaji writes here in his footnote kind of shows that Jiva Goswami is adopting a certain angle of vision in his presentation. so what the footnote says, which I want to bring to your attention, in this part of his explanation, Jiva Goswami interprets the compound a Moga whose desires are unfailingly fulfilled as A-Moga-Vanshita, vanchita, is without desire for worthless deeds. So he's taking the words from the Sanskrit uh, text, that Jiva's delivered in the 10th, I'm sorry, that Narda's spoken in the 10th canto. And he's taken the words and he's put them in a different format than may be traditionally looked upon, uh, for the words, the way they're presented in the sloka, uh, in order to, to give us his explanation. So who is without desire for worthless deeds? Is how he's translating Amoga Vanchita. So, objection. Jiva now interjects an objection into the discourse. But surely sometimes even a relationship with undesirable objects can be observed? No. Narda answers. By your or in other words, by the influence of your swarup shakti. The constantly flowing stream of the gunas of maya come to a halt. This means that you keep the gunas and the chain of their reactions forever distant. Sri Kubera Kubera similarly says, The Lord is both endowed with and devoid of shaktis which are constituted either of his own essential nature, Atmamaya, or the gunas of material nature, Gunamaya, that's also from the Bhagavatam. That is, he is endowed with the potencies that are inherent to his essential nature, and devoid of the potencies consisting of the material gunas. We take shelter of that Lord now one of course could put forward the argument well where does maya get her potencies if they're not in if they're not part of the lord's nature but that's that's core to our understanding of the nature of the supreme lord according to the gaudiya vaishnava tradition inconceivably simultaneously one and different the lord can manifest the material energy but be remain in the transcendental position in relationship to it he he, that's his inconceivable potency to not be affected by the modes of material nature that he has used to tailor material existence for the benefit of his marginal potencies, the Jiva. So Jiva Jiva Goswami goes on. I bow down to you alone, the Bhagavan named Sri Krishna, who is your own plenary portion, who, I'm sorry, in your own plenary portion, also exists as the controller, Ishvara, or the indwelling Antaryami Purusha. So, Narn is saying, I understand you manifest other forms of yourself as the supreme controller of everything, Ishvara, and as the indwelling super soul of every living entity. But here I'm addressing Krishna, the young cowherd boy, who's playing with his most intimate associates, But I know you, and I know you're also in charge of everything else. So you can't really hide your transcendental energies from me. You're in the heart of every living entity, and it is by your potencies that everything is manifest. How are you to be described? Jiva goes on. You are the controller, meaning that you are your own support, through the power of your own internal potency, swarup-shakti. In spite of being self-situated, you have brought into being, through your own potency of maya, atma-maya, the endless varieties of forms conceived, kalpana, by you. In spite of being self-satisfied, Jiva saying, Narada is telling Krishna, in in spite of the fact that you are, you're satisfied in yourself. There's no necessity from you, coming from you, to manifest the material universes and to utilize your shaktis, your energies, to that effect. But through your own maya, through your own Atma Maya, Atma the Self, through the through through the very nature of your being yourself, uh, the endless varieties of forms conceived kalpana by you, or conceived kalpana by you, Jiva goes on to even unpack that and explain it. Atma here should be taken to mean the living being, Jivatmas. So. And so Atma-maya refers to the Maya whose subject is the Jiva. Alternatively, Atma-maya can be understood as the Lord's internal potency, Swarup-Shakti, by virtue of which the Lord is his own support. In this case, Maya-Shakti itself is understood as the Lord's Kalpana literally as his imagination or a projection of his mind by which he has created unlimited variety. Remember this word Kalpana we came across in an earlier Sloka. Was it the last or the before? of uh, before last. Where this was brought out in relationship when we're speaking about the basically what was Pariksit Maharaja's question, how can material sound vibrations have spiritual potency? And in the response, Sukadev Goswami didn't seem to directly address his question, but what was brought out was the Lord's various energies provide an opportunity for the jivas, the Lord's marginal potencies to engage in material activities which culminate in what? In liberation. And the word used in relationship to that liberation is akalpana. And the explanation there for the word is what? Is the impressions, because we're small, we're very impressionable. In relationship to the Lord's material energy, we're easily impressionable impressionable, like a young child. We can be impressed with with so many things, just put us in an environment, and we immediately are lo- looking to enjoy that environment and we're impressed by the facilities. put us in the mode of ignorance, and we immediately we we could fit right in. Oh, this is nice. Look, there's, there's, uh, you know, there's young women, there's young men, there's, there's alcoholic, veg- whatever. You get my point. You put us in an environment long enough and we're going to start to be impressed by it. Uh Put us in a, in a very scholarly environment, in a, in a, in a mode of goodness, a university associated with serious students and, and, and knowledgeable professors and keep us there long enough and will gradually, well, this is good for me to this having all this education. And maybe the liquor isn't good for me because I'm no longer in that environment. So as, as, as a human entity, we're pretty easily impressionable. And what's liberation in the verse spoken about earlier? It's taking away all those impressions. But here that same word, kalpana, is being used in relationship to the Lord's creation of the whole material manifestation. It's coming from, from what? From his dreamlike state. It's a projection from his imagination, but the Lord's imagination is not like our imagination. His imagination is reality. Our imagination is illusion. So there's a world of difference between his imagining for our benefit, for our gradually up, upliftment to the topmost spiritual revelation and realization. He, he uses his imagination for our benefit. We generally use our imagination to get ourselves in trouble. So there's a There's a difference there, a projection of his mind. But when we say his mind, it's his mind is not like our mind. He has a perfect mind. Everything coming from that projection, it's a perfect show. It's a perfect, it's a perfect display. And it's conducted by one of his Shaktis, one of his energies, Maya Shakti the same show that we're sh- we're given a display of within his external material inner potencies earth water fire air ether mind intelligence false ego they have no consciousness these elements so his shakti maya projects on his behalf because we're going to, as we read further here, we're going to see those potencies are sometimes with him and when they're visible outside of him, they take their fem- feminine forms. And we see them as separate from intrinsic to him. But they're all his nature. They're all his swarup shaktis. And there'll be a, there's a lot that's going to come out in this Anucheta. So, Atma here should be taken to mean the living being. Atma Maya. The Maya created for the Jeeva Atmas. Jeeva Goswami continues. Here again, he's, he's back, he's still breaking apart Narada Muni's two shlokas uh, to the Lord. What kind of being are you? At present, or in other words, at this time of your appearance, since even that aswara is assumed within you, Bhagavan, you display a human form for the sake of your own play. By manifesting simultaneously both these wonderful potencies, the sarup and the maya shaktis. So Jiva is speaking now on behalf of Narada to Krishna. What kind of being are you? Well, this is the kind of being you are at present. You look like a young cowherd boy involved in your leela, um, but you are still the Ishwara, and but that's assumed. It's it's. It's inside of you now. You're not you're not displaying the fact that you're the supreme controller. You'll display some things to your intimate associates in Vraj Leela. You're going to display certain powers. You're going to kill so many demons practically every day you get up and you go off to the to tend to the the calves and the cows and yeah there'll be some demon that you'll you'll deal with. But, your associates, they don't know that you're the supreme Godhead, but they love you because you're you're very kind to them, and you're always protecting them and caring for them and You can hold up mountains with your fingers and you do some pretty far out things. you can dance on multi-headed snakes in in the yamuna, so these are these are amazing feats but they don't know your God. So you've you've put the you've taken your godhead and you've like covered it up. But I know that you are Bhagavan, you are the supreme Ishwara, the artist say. You display a human form for the sake of your own play by manifesting simultaneously both these wonderful potencies, the Sarup and the Maya Shaktis. As the Smriti states, the Paramburman has a human form. This human form is called Bhagavan. The verb, Abhyayata, you manifested, can be broken down into its constituents. You brought or displayed this human form before your devotees. Then Narda goes on, Jeeva saying, Narda goes on to further distinguish, he further distinguishes him by saying that he is the burden carrier, Durya, of the Yadus, Vrishnis and Sattvatas, meaning that he carries the burden of love for his eternal associates. That's the nature of love. We go out of our way for our beloved, so Krishna Makes himself the order supplier. Of course, it's it, it. Externally, looks like a burden. Internally, we know it's fully relishable. But externally, it's it's appearing that Krishna's doing so much. He left Vraj, you know. Yeah. So, what more can you talk about a burden of love? Jiva Goswami continues. Now we're moving a little bit further. In this Sundarva, wherein Bhagavan is described purely, the functions of his internal potency, Swarup Shakti, are assessed with regard to that in which they culminate. The Vidya potency culminates in awareness of the Lord. That's an example. So, The functions of his internal energies, swarup-shakti, are assessed with regard to that in which they culminate. Example, Vidya, potency, culminates in awareness of the Lord. In this regard, the following deliberation is made. First of all, the absolute reality, which is one only, also has only one energy yet it is divided into three because he is sat ananda This is stated by Sri Dhruva in Vishnu Purana. This is the only sloka within this particular annuciata that's not from the, Bhag- the Bhagavatam. The one energy, having the three divisions of Ladini, bliss, Sandini, eternal existence, and samvit, knowing, exist in you the support of everything. But the energy that yields material happiness, misery, and their mixture does not abide in you, because you are free from the gunas. Vishnu Purana Then Jiva quotes from Sridhar Swami's commentary on this particular verse. So Shiva I'm sorry, Sridhar Swami comments as follows Fladini bestows delight. Sandini is existence and samvit is the cognitive potency. Eka one means predominant, undeviating and intrinsic to the Lord's essential nature. This energy is present in you only, the support of everything, sarasamstiti, or in other words, the one from whom all things come into being. This potency, however, is not present in the living beings. Moreover, the energy consisting of the three material gunas, which is present in the living beings, is not in you. Then Jiva, for quite quite extensively, beginning here, is going to explain these three potencies, which are in essence one. They are, they are intrinsic in him, in essence as one, but they have three different aspects. So the energies, Sandini, Samvit, and Ladini, this is Jiva's Anaceta, should be understood as progressively superior. In other words, Sandini, the existence potency, is, is the least significant. The cognition potency, some vit, is more significant, and the most significant of his energies when we look at them as to their different functions, his fladini, the joyful potency. As such, that potency by which he himself sustains his own existence and bestows existence upon others, and which pervades all space, time, objects, and so on, is called sandini. This is also because the Lord is the source condition underlying the cognition of all existing objects. So as I said, Jiva's giving us a little bit of a scientific viewpoint, a scientific bent. Okay, the base, the base spiritual constituent of the Supreme Lord is his existence. And his existence is such and so potent in and of itself that everything else comes into existence based on his existence. So, that potency bestows not only on himself those characteristics of existing, but also the fact that he exists in all time, all space, all objects. Uh, that's what is referred to as the Sandini potency of his swaroop Shakti, his internal energies. Sandini, as such that potency by which the Lord sustains his own existence and bestows existence upon others and which pervades all space, time and ob- objects and so on is called Sundini. That potency by which he himself is sustaining his own existence and which is the, the sustenance for all other, everything else, all others, whether they be his expansions, which every, everything is, every living entity is his expansion. So whether we look at it as that, or if we look at it as his ex- external, separated material energies, it's all coming from the fact that the Lord exists. If he didn't exist, the whole show would be wrapped up and nothing would exist. is basically another way to look at this Sundini potency. Chiva goes on, this is because the Lord is the source condition underlying the cognition of all existing objects. Like the potness of a pot. So any condition, there has to be, what's, what's the, it, it has to exist on some substance. And that substance is Krishna. Or, and is sometimes spoken of in scriptures as the essence of existence, sat. So we hear this term, sat, chit, ananda. But really, the the existent sat exists on what? On the Sandini potency, which is the more, concentrated form of sot. If you could say that existence is more or less concentrated, um, that would be another way to, to scientifically see what Jiva is trying to convey here. As in the Chandogya mantra, where he is indicated by the word sat. From the Chandogya Upanishad, Jiva quotes, My dear boy, in the beginning, there was only this sat. Something existed. Similarly, though he is the embodiment of cognition, samvit, that potency by which he knows and induces others to know is called samvit. In the same way, although he is the embodiment of fladina, delight, which is the sumum bonum of samvit. That's an interesting concept that Jiva has introduced here. That the complete joy in knowing is referred to as ladini. That's when you know something fully, absolutely then there's a great joy in that knowing because the essence of everything is of course krishna so when you take knowing to its unlimited to an unlimited degree then we then we look at that as as Jiva says here although he is the embodiment of delight which is the summum bonum of some vit the energy by which he experiences this delight and causes other to experience it. It is called Ladini. This is how these three divisions of the internal potency should be distinguished. So now Jiva's given us his definition of Sandini, Samvit and Ladini. Thus, it has been established that the original energy has three subdivisions. The original energy, meaning, well, there is a Godhead and he's, he has constituent potencies. So in their they're all one potency. It's one Godhead. But if you're going to look at their different functionalities, let's first look at these three. Because these potencies manifest, and have un, an unlimited variety, variety of expansions. Each one, three. Well, all of the other potencies of the Lord come from this basic Ananda. It they have to exist. It has to, you know, you have to be aware of its existence, and that awareness should bring you to the height of enjoyment. That is, thus it has been established that the original energy has three subdivisions. The specific function of this energy, which is characterized by self-luminosity, is that by which the Bhagavan's essential nature, Swarup, or his essential energy, Itself, Swarup-Shakti, or his form qualifies by virtue, virtue of the swaroop shakti or his form qualified by virtue of the Swarup-Shakti, becomes manifest. This energy known is known as completely pure being, Visuddha-Sattva or Sudha-Sattva pure being or very pure being. Visuddha makes it more pronounced, but both words refer to the same, pure, essential, sattva, which is transcendental, not sattva as manifested as one of the three gunas within the material world, the mode of goodness. That sattva is not visuddha sattva or sudha sattva, but rather that's, that's a mixed energy in the gooness of material nature, never pure, although it's manifested in very high states within the material energy. Uh, there's always some mixture of ignorance or passion. It is indeed some bit because it is endowed with the functions of knowing and revealing knowledge, illuminating him without dependence on anything else, and because it is untouched by maya, the external energy, it is called visuddha or completely pure. We'll quit with this one other statement that Jiva makes. When this self-same Visuddha-sattva is predominated by its Sandini aspect, it is called Adhara-shakti, or the potency of underlying support. When predominated by some vit, cognition, it is called Atmavidya, self-knowledge. Again, Back when we say self-knowledge," we're talking about transcendental knowledge. Transcendental knowledge all revolves around the self. There's no knowledge separate in the transcendental realm except what we could refer to as samvit, self-knowledge. It's all about Krishna, and he's the supreme self of every other self and of his of himself. When predominated by the essence of Ladini, it is called Guya Vidya. Where have we heard this word? Guya. Raja Vidya, Raja Guya. The most confidential. Yes. So when it's predominated by Ladini, then it becomes very, very confidential. It is called Guya Vidya. Concealed knowledge, i.e. pure devotion. Pure devotion is not does not fully manifest in the field of absolute knowledge, rather it manifests where it's in its, its most intimate form, where it's somewhat concealed, otherwise the essence of prem bhakti does not manifest. When all three potencies are predominant at the same time, it is called Murti, or the form of the Lord. We'll continue with an explanation of Murti as this anacheta continues. So when all those are together in one condensed form, we call that the form of the Lord. But there's something confidential that's not known, right? so you how you have something concealed, not known and full knowledge like kind of all right. yeah, the gopis are fully knowledgeable of everything they need to be fully aware of about his transcendental form. There's nothing not revealed regarding everything that is Krishna to the gopis. We'll stop there. Thank you so much for your association.